Thank you for joining us. This is Paul Wilson. And Chris Emke. You're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. WC Fab, I just got a chance to talk with Jason Worley over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were discussing the twin turbo kits, and actually they're doing a little R&D on a new project, Chris. Oh, what is that? They're getting into the fourth gen Dodge S400 overstock and S300 S400 installs. Oh, very cool. So finally getting into the, the last range of the yeah. Cummins there. Uh, keep an eye out for those kits as they're coming up. They also sponsored our From Facebook this week. Um, From Facebook's a chance for you listeners to send us a message, and we'll talk a little bit more about what your kind of questions or what's going on with your truck. So, Chris, I had a guy reach out to us with a 2003 LB7. Oh, yeah. It's got about 220,000 miles. He just bought the truck uh, from a family friend. It's all stock. Oh, cool. All stock. He's wondering what should he look at for to improve for reliability, and what can he do to bring the truck up to 500 horsepower? I think like you know 500 horse. That's the new normal. You know, like stock. Anyone that says, "Hey, I have a stock truck," you're like, "What?" Like (laughs) O three, L seven. You know, uh, generally when guys call in or I'm 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 coaching guys through what to do, um, 500 horse is kind of like that that end goal. But I think there's things that you can do leading up to where you're not breaking the bank in the process. So first step, I would say let's go 400 horse, which is generally the limitation of the stock trans if it's in good shape. Right. Um, for that, you know, we're talking, you know, a tuner. I know over at Duramax Tuner, uh, they do like their Jack Spade series for that. Um from there, I mean, little mods like a boost increase valve, a high flow intake horn. Um, you could do an intake exhaust, um, and and from there, you're you're 400 wheel horsepower. Um, I would say to grow past that and get into the five horse, uh, 500 horse range, it gets a little bit more expensive because now you have to address the transmission. And yeah, that's why I say do it in stages. You know, um, transmissions can range anywhere from you know 3,500 to 6,000 dollars. You know, depending on what you're going to do. Absolutely. Recommendations from shops. But I would say once you do a trans, then you're talking like a a, a low pressure fuel system, such as like a fast 165, um, and then like a retune, and then you're right in that mid low 500 horse range. You got it, man. Stock turbo, built trans, good tuning. It's it's not a lot of components, but it's just that transmission just takes so much out of you. There really is. Now, there's a few other supporting mods I throw in there. You had mentioned the uh, lift pump, I'd say a set of traction bars, a front end kit for sure. Um, I mean, depending on how he's utilizing the trans. You know, I mean, just to get to the 500 mark, you know right. that. But if you were going to, you know, bulletproof it, I guess, you know, traction bars, you know, some tie rod sleeves, uh, maybe a front end from a couple other vendors that are out there to, you know, um, um, stabilize yeah. the front pump, end. Pump rub kit pump for the transfer kit. case. Yep, yep. Yep. A few other things there. But yeah, that's a really solid bill. So definitely thank you for sending in the message. Uh, we're going to start having some messages directly from WC Fab. So if cool. you have any questions for WC Fab, send them a message on Facebook. Jason's going to get those over to us and we're going to read them here on the show. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. Uh, big shout out for Duramax Tuner and the Diesel Insights video series. Uh, we've been really excited for those. They've hit on everything from Cummins to turbos to injectors to cp4 failures and oil a, coolers oil, oil coolers oh my god uh yeah not a lot of oil cooler feedback for you guys asking on facebook sorry <laughs> uh they also are, have just released an, an episode out there for allison transmission learning chris i've been in duramax tuner world for five years i've talked about allison transmission learning i'll tell you i just watched the rough cut of this video I fucking learned a lot. Yeah. It turns out I've been telling people a lot about transmission learning without knowing a lot about it. Yeah. You're, you just regurgitate information. You're good at that. 
Uh, what Allison Trans Learning is, is computer programming that compensates for clutch pack wear and tolerances in an effort to maximize shift quality. It's a really complicated way of saying your trans is going to learn how you drive yep. and any wear tolerances in it, and then it's going to adjust those those shift points and how it shifts to try to get better. Yeah. Uh, that the simplest way of saying it. I did learn a lot about the fast learn and how it like resets the tabs, then marks a fast learn flag. So until you've gone through that specific shift, like a one, two shift 15 times, yep. it'll still have that flag to continue to yep. learn and continue to try to yep. improve. I thought that was really cool. Also, I did not know your transmission learns gear shifts. Okay. So park to drive, drive to reverse, like though, like I they call them garage shifts. I did not know that. You would never think that, wow. right? You'd be like, "Oh, well, I move this gear, and then the gears in my transmission yeah. clunk together, and it works now, right? Like it pulls linkage, huh. but there's no linkage in a transmission. Right? It turns out that's that's not real. That's crazy. Uh, so yeah, so I thought that was really really interesting. So big shout out again, Duramax Tuner. Uh, if you guys have not checked out the six speed conversion for the LB7 and LLYs yet, that's been one of the most widely Reviewed products. I'm so overwhelmed when it comes to five to six speed conversions at the shop. We just uh, see the requests coming in every single yeah, day, and and they're they're moving off the shelves too. Like, like crazy guys are just all about it. And yeah. I, I mean, I I see the value. Yeah. Know? Well, there's been six speed conversion kits on the market for a long time, but to yep. get one that fixes all the complaints guys had about yep. them all into one shot, it makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. Um, Exergy, of course, providing us with our do's and don'ts this week. Exergy is your number one source for high pressure performance. Uh, I'm sorry, high pressure fuel components for a Bosch fuel rail system. Uh, so we get all of our sportsman injectors for LB7s uh, from them, along with all of our other modified injectors. Although the one product I've been really excited about, Chris, is I'm writing a marketing plan to start selling their 10 millimeter CP4. Yeah, it's been a big one. You know, we've been testing it here at the shop for a little while. Uh, Jason Worley's uh, regular cab LMLs had it for over a year now. Yeah. Great results. Um, you know, I'm really excited about what Exergy is bringing to the table with their 10 millimeter CP4 pump, which a lot of guys do the CP3 conversion in a sportsman. When you combine those two prices, uh, you're not far off for a 10 millimeter pump. They have the updated internals, so you're not going to run into that premature CP4 before failure. There's a lot of value there. And that's the big one there is I think not only are you getting the performance, but you're getting this massive improvement in reliability where you're not worried about a $10,000 or $8,000 right. bill to wreck your fuel system yeah. now. So really cool for that. Uh, Exergy's due for this week. Um, hook up piezo injectors correctly. <laughs> this sounds very simple, doesn't it? Like, yeah. hook the injectors up correctly. Well, duh. However, what you may not know is piezo injectors, which are featured in the LML and 6.7 liter power strokes, they actually have a positive and negative terminal on the injector. Yep. And if you hook it up backwards, there's 120 to 150 volts running to it. It will fry it and it is unfixable. It's totally fucked. And they're expensive ass injectors too, right. by the way. So not, that's yeah, not an affordable fuel no, system there. No, no. And then uh, as far as extra G's don't, um, do not reinstall LB7 injector lines. You know, a lot of guys, you know, the, it's a known thing in the industry when it comes to LB7 injectors. Well, it's funny, Chris, this is actually a correction for us. Yeah, I, I, I was just okay. going to get into that. You know. <laughs> we have been saying don't don't reuse Cummins injector yep. tubes and yep. feed lines. And we've been really, really pushing that. I think we even had one episode where we said, don't don't reuse the LML injector feed yep. tubes. And I piped up and said, hey, listen, if you got an LB7, I get it. 
Um, I got a phone call that said, hey, Paul, you're a fucking idiot. You are. Don't tell people to do that. Right. It's a terrible idea. Well, there's a lot of contaminants that sit on the injector and then the line. So what you do is when you pull the lines off, there's corrosion. And then those cor that, that corrosion doesn't allow the line to seat into the injector again. You know, my general rule of thumb to guys is, you know, I get some guys like, oh, I got 30,000 miles out of the last set. You know, we'll pull the truck apart, see what the lines look like, evaluate it, assess it, move forward from there. But, but if there is contaminants in that line and there is any type of corrosion that was overseen and you put those used lines on a brand new 2000 plus dollar set of injectors, you're going to throw all those contaminants right back into the new injectors and you're done. And you're done. So they're expensive, man. And LB7 injectors are so easy to swap out uh, that we realize all you guys want to man, do that job twice. You couldn't even sense the sarcasm there, man. <laughs> uh, listeners, we got a brand new segment for you. I'm really excited about this. Uh, Calibrated has sponsored a From the Shop segment where we're going to be bringing in one of the expert uh, technicians we have down in our diesel performance shop at Calibrated Power, which is available for all of your repairs, diagnostics, and complete builds. This week, we brought tech number one mike mike how the fuck are you doing pretty good thanks for having me no oh, problem it's man. our pleasure uh we dragged mike out of the shop early which was hard enough to do because he did not want to leave because he loves wrenching so much uh <laughs> you're it, always it, enthused you're like always excited it's friday at four actually yep. so mike was kind of fucking ready to get out of the office um yep. mike real quick tell our listeners a little bit about your experience working on diesel trucks uh, experience ranges uh, from doing injectors on all three manufacturers, you know, Chevy, Dodge, Ford, um, replacing cylinder heads on engines across the board, as well as uh, the Cummins 8.3 motor. Um, that was a big job for me that I liked. Um, you know, doing the conversions on the Fords from the uh, the 11 to 14 turbos up to uh, change them over to the 15 plus turbos, getting yeah, rid of that twin scroll bull crap. You have a lot of experience in that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's actually what, what we're going to talk to you about today. Uh, you have been working with the R&D department over at Duramax Tuner Calibrated Power, and you've been pulling off some turbos and swapping some on for the... Uh, what is that, a 12, the regular yep, cab? Yep, yep. Yeah, so so the R&D truck is a 2012 Ford Power Stroke regular cab, four-wheel drive, before somebody asked. <laughs> um, you've been pulling off the stock turbo and working with a new R&D turbo. We can't give out any specs on that turbo at this point. Right. That'll be coming out soon. But I did just want to ask you a little bit about the job itself. Um, was it easy? Was it a pain in the ass? Like, what what problems did you run into when you were swapping out those turbos? Um, first thing that comes to mind when I was doing the job is that Ford really likes to be a pain in the ass with those uh, exhaust clamps. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, they thought it was a good idea to point the uh, the clamps uh, right behind the uh, the downpipe towards the wheel well on the passenger side. You got to remove the downpipe before you get to remove the turbo itself. Okay, really? Um, yeah, and. It's not exactly a fun downpipe to pull off. Hey, I'm glad you're the mechanic and not me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so the downpipe was a pain in the ass. The clamps were a pain in the ass. What else gave you a challenge while you were doing that job? Um, one of the first times I was working on it, um, I've, I've ran into an issue where the intake manifolds were, I found out the hard way that they're extremely sharp. Um, ended up hurting myself, uh, resulting in about six stitches in my, uh, Whoa. In my finger. <laughs> I worked with you, and I didn't know that. It was a little pussy scratch. He was oh, crying yeah. about it. Nobody paid attention. Nah, just for one day. Ambulance and all that? Or what? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
No, but I, I found out that there is a lot of sharp edges and uh, surfaces in that motor, uh, whether it be the platform for the turbo or the intake manifolds. Um, there's a lot of different platforms and surfaces there that you got to be aware of. Absolutely, man. Okay, uh, what type of tools did it take to get that job done? Do you have any specialty tools or your basic go-get-em-wrench kit? Uh, not exactly a basic go get them wrench kit. Um, That's only for Cummins. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> um, no, you, you got your, uh, your standard torque wrenches. Um, I was using some swivel head uh, sockets to get to the bolts for the up pipe and down pipe. Um, using impacts, you know, pry bars to get the down pipe off. It's you get some specialty tools. You get some basic tools. Cool. It's a good range. Could you do this job without a lift? No, God, no. <laughs> His one, eyes just lit up. Right. And for the one listener who's going to write us a message saying, yes, you absolutely can, and tell us about how you did it, fuck you. Nobody wants to do that much work. No, I'm just joking. We love you, listeners. Uh, but nobody wants to do that I much work. I can't believe you just told the listeners to fuck you. That's definitely not the first time. <laughs> I don't know. You're just a total pile of shit. I'm a terrible person today. Yeah. It's Friday, um, and I'm okay with that. All right. So not a lot of specialty tools, but definitely some. Um, some out of your kind of more advanced arsenal kit. I get yeah. that. All right. How could an amateur fuck this job up? Uh, going back to the sharp edges, um, you can definitely hurt yourself like I found out the first time. Man, you're really stuck in that little scratch. You want a oh. Band-Aid for it? or No, I had a middle He's finger wrapped in red. <laughs> War wound. Um, the downpipe can uh, has a gasket inside. It's like a uh, like a graphite gasket. Okay. And if you end up spending too much time like trying to shove that back onto um, the other portion, the scorpion head, as it's referred to, um, you can damage that gasket and end up with exhaust leaks. Um, the up pipes definitely a challenge to get on, and it's if you got big hands, there's no way you're getting in there. <laughs> I like looked at both these guys like, see y'all both got little hands, huh? Yeah. Uh, no, that's awesome. Mike, I definitely appreciate it. I mean, I'm not even a mechanic. So I <laughs> no, we appreciate it, Mike. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us down at the podcast. Um, Mike, any final words for our listeners about going to a shop? What, what, what advice would you give to somebody brand new to diesel performance and they're thinking about doing a Ford turbo swap at home or bringing it to a shop? I would say take it to a shop all day long. Get that peace of mind knowing that it's going to be done correctly and it's going to be done with the knowledge and know-how how to do it properly. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, don't worry, listeners. Mike's not our only guest today, as riveting as it was. Uh, we actually are, are very grateful to have on uh, the gentleman from Power Driven Diesel. All right, guys, we got Will Terry on the line from Power Driven Diesel. Will, how the hell are you? Oh, I'm doing great. Weather's great out here in Utah. Man, you have to rub it in our face. Making us jealous. We're up here in Chicago. It's shit. What a year of watching your guys' truck. Um, I, I got to see you last year at the Ultimate Callout Challenge. Put on a very memorable show yeah. at the uh, Sled Pulse. If, if nothing else, I, I don't think anybody forgot you guys at the sled poles. And then I'm, I'm watching YouTube or Facebook here, I don't know, two, three weeks ago, and all of a sudden I see Dino Carnage. And I'm like, oh, no. And then it, was that the UCC truck that I saw blow up? That is the UCC truck blew up on the dyno. No. Oh, no. What happened? <laughs> well, it's a long story, but I guess we got a little time here. Um <laughs> Basically, we were trying to work the engine really hard before UCC so we could work out any bugs because 
after UCC, we were doing drag racing, but let's be honest, it's a 6,000-pound four-wheel drive truck. How much power can you put to the track? Yeah. You know? <laughs> so we, uh, yeah, we, we were trying to see how much torque we could make, and um, things went south <laughs> mid-pole, about 5,000 RPM. Oh, no. Oh. Just 5,000. Just, yeah. Mid-pull. What, how, mid. Were, how was mid-pull at 5,000? Where was that test window going to? Um, we've ran it clear up to 6,000 on the dyno. Oh, my God. Um, <sighs> with the, uh, you know, with a, a positive upsweep on a chassis dyno versus an engine dyno, you can't get the things loaded as hard down low because you don't have the traction on the tires. Right. And, um, I mean, we've got lots of graphs where our horsepower curve is above the torque curve. You hit that crossover at fifty-two, fifty. So that's why we think our our mechanical dinosaur might have a leg up on some of the common rails at the challenge because I haven't seen any common rails make peak horsepower at fifty-two hundred RPM or higher. Hell no. Where where our engine will do that on the chassis dyno? I don't know what it would do loaded hard on an engine dyno, but um, on a chassis dyno, absolutely, we we make peak power as high as. I don't know, 5,700, I think, is the highest pole we've ever done that made peak power. That is insane. 5,700 RPM. You know, we're Durham Axe and Cummins guys, right? Like new, like common rail Cummins guys. <laughs> so, like, we're just hearing this, and, like, our whole bodies are just cringing. Like, yeah. it faces like we just ate, like, a sour or something. Um, <laughs> because it's nuts. We, we, one, we coach guys out of wanting more RPM, especially for sled pulling, like, every spring. That's half of our phone calls, right? I think it's a different setup of dynamic when it comes to turbocharger selection and things like that, too, though, Paul. And that's exactly where I wanted to go with this. I'm so glad you brought that up, Chris. Um, tell us, man, what, what turbo do you have on there that's actually keeping up with, with making power at that RPM? So it has three GT55s on it. Oh, my God. Um, the two atmosphere chargers are those Gen 2 GTX 5533Rs, the 98-millimeter versions that flow 230 pounds a minute. Hell, Yeah. And those flow into a big Bell water-air intercooler inside the truck. And then from that, then it feeds intercooled boost into an 88-millimeter GTX 55 on the manifold, which then goes into another large custom Bell water-air intercooler. Oh, wow. And you end up with about 175 pounds of boost into the engine (laughs) at a, a... at about 90 degrees of air temperature. <laughs> so when the engine blew up on the dyno, what happened? <laughs> they made 154 oh, pounds of boost instead of 176, not so, 175. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened is, we didn't know at first what happened until um, we tore it apart. The cam broke right, at, right behind the, the first journal. Now that's a steel Hamilton 62-millimeter cam. If you don't speak cams, most cams are 52 or 54 millimeter. This is that new big dog 62 millimeter you had. All we can figure, well, I don't know. The cam beam size is bigger than like what I t- called up the Hazley crew. I uh, talked to, uh, oh, Eric at No Limit. I talked to Shide. I talked to a couple other people about cam failures and they basically told us the magic number is is one, you know, you want 1.20 inches minimum on your cam. Well, this one measured 1.250 where it broke. 
So we're 50,000 bigger than what everybody said you need. All we can figure is, I don't know if you remembered at the challenge last year, in the drag race, we would come up on boost at the starting line, and then the smoke had turned gray, and it's like Todd hit the brakes. Yeah. We had a broken intercooler we didn't know. I guess some water sat in one of those Bell intercoolers, and last winter in Utah was cold and, and miserable, and I think there must have been a tiny bit of water, and it cracked the core. And so that intercooler was half full of water. So when we come up on boost at UCC, it would wick so much water out of the intercooler that it would almost shut the truck off. The oh data log God. would go from 100 pounds of boost to 5 pounds of boost huh. in a split second. I mean, snuff the truck. And we did that, I don't know, four, five, six runs in a row before we figured out what happened. So basically, <laughs> we hydrolocked the engine a bunch at UCC. That could have been what started the cam to break. Right. Nobody really knows. <laughs> so Yeah, it's funny when you go to look at Carnage, it's not like there's like a big tell mark in there, like shit's just broken, right? So like it's a chicken or egg kind of scenario. It's like, well, did the UCC abuse be the first step or was it, you know, this intercooler issue or things like that? Um, it does bring up a, a, a good question. I love the fact that like you're one of maybe three trucks right now that are actually were assembled and are actually testing before UCC, uh, which we'd love to hear that. <laughs> But, like, where do you go from here with it? Is, is it just a total rebuild? So the, end, the, the block is a solid Hamilton block. The block is fine. Um, the crank was bent three thousandths in the middle. Oh, my God. I don't know Ooh. if that's from power or if it's from hydrolocking or... A mix. Um, <laughs> bent valves. We're, we're not quite certain. but So, so we had to get a new crank. Um, we... Um, you know, the rods are straight, but, you know, at that power level, you're nervous. So I think those rods are going to go in a, a backup engine, maybe a, an engine for a lower-powered vehicle. We're putting some new Waggler rods in there. Um, what Diamond's helping us out. Well, it didn't help us that way to buy them, but they're helping <laughs> us out on turning around quick. Um, some new pistons, so we're putting new pistons in there. Zach Hamilton's giving us a, a, a new nice steel cam, another one, um, to put in there. And... Um, we're, um, I don't know, we had some broken rocker pedestals, too. We, oh, wow. we broke two of the rocker pedestals when that failed. So uh, we've got some upgraded rocker, some valve train stuff for it this year. Um, well, since the failure. And then um, i trying to think what else. You know what's amazing about that whole thing? We're running 9 sixteenths push rods. I don't know if you're familiar. Cummins push rods are normally 3 eighths of an inch. Right. Our solid 9 sixteenths push rods did not bend. Oh. Yet we bent four valves, like two of them. And Cracked the cam, them everything. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> and every cam builder I talked to said, why in the heck are you guys running such a big push rod? Well, every push rod I've ever seen deflects. The bigger the push rod, the less it deflects, the more lift you get at the valve. So that's the answer. Big push rods means what the cam tells the uh, valve to do usually happens, or it breaks the rocker pedestal when the valve won't behave. <laughs> oh, my God. So. That is awesome, man. Okay, so let's give our listeners a little frame of reference here. Uh, how much horsepower did you guys make at UCC last year? On the dyno, that's another part of the failure. We had the timing key on the injection pump shear right mid-pole. It slipped the timing almost 180 degrees out. Oh, wow. It was at 750 horsepower. I think it was at 45 pounds of boost on the data logger when it sheared the keyway. 
basically right when Todd went full throttle, that injection pump, that feral diesel 16-millimeter pump, it takes about 100 horsepower to drive it at full rack travel. And the drive hub was a little bit defective, and all the load was on the keyway. And if you don't speak mechanical injection, basically when we made the pump go full throttle, it sheared the keyway and lost all of its injection timing. And um, so I think it did like 750 horsepower and, I don't know, 12 or 1,300 foot-pounds. And it broke. Now and what, we didn't get any dyno numbers. So what kind of power were you making on the chassis dyno prior to UCC? Prior to UCC, we had such limited time, we did two poles at minimum power, minimum fueling, and we did 1,280 horsepower with 400 cc's of fuel. Okay. Now, to put that into perspective, on a 12-millimeter injection pump, 400 cc's, you're lucky to see 600 horsepower. Yeah. So that, that the combination of that big pump. So before UCC, we went knowing we had... 1200 horsepower at 400 cc's when we had the small 13 mil pump we were doing about 1800 to the tire and so that was the little 13 mil pump the little 59 engine same turbo setup we knew we were good for 1800 so we figured once we saw 1200 at that we loaded up and uh barely made the ucc on time okay. and uh, <laughs> didn't catch that cracked intercooler at the shop i wish we had yeah. so we could have fixed it <laughs> Oh, uh, you know, that's how it goes, though. That, yeah. That's a part of what that competition is about, it, right? It makes so. you more alert, you know, because you would never think of something like that. So now, getting ready for this year, like, that's something you're going to check. Yeah, well, I know? mean, they're also, they're five months ahead of schedule. Yeah. Like, the truck's done. It's their dyno testing it now, yep. you know, as opposed to, like, three days before <laughs> to yeah, see a rod true. go through a block or something, right? Um, okay, so you guys knew you were showing up with no less than 1,200 horsepower. You knew previous setups would be able to hit 1,800. Now you're... With you're, nine... With 900 cc's, and the new pump was able to do 1,400. Oh, so we yeah. figured with 1,400 versus 900, faster injection rate, we were we were anticipating 2,500 on the chassis dyno is what we thought we'd be able to hit. Okay. Um, last year, we asked everybody we interviewed, do you think we'll see 3,000 horsepower at UCC? This year, that doesn't really seem to be in the competition, but we know that there's still big dyno numbers to be had. I think 24, 2,500 mm-hmm. right there about is still where we're sitting for like top dog if you want to win that dyno competition. Are you guys going after that this year? Is that the goal? Are you guys going to put up that 25, 2,600 horsepower? I think um, if you ask Todd, he would say, we'll let the numbers speak for themselves. Me personally, I yeah, we we want we want a big, big horsepower number. We're making some changes to the engine to get rid of a little bit of that bottom end torque um, with the camshaft and some of the internal engine and cylinder head mods. We're, we're trying to tune a little bit of torque out of it so that we don't load the camshaft so hard at such a low RPM to potentially cushion that if that was part of the issue and, and really go for big. So the horsepower number, I think that that, I think 3,000 is attainable. Um, and I'm going to do everything I can to hit that. Okay. Um, I love it. But like I said, there's a lot of there's a lot of development to do. A lot of these guys don't realize, like when we're making poles on the dyno around 2,200 horsepower with the truck, it'll turn the tires about two inches on the bead. A fully aired up 20 inch tire <laughs> will will move two inches. Like if we mark the valve stem on the tire, 
Yeah. You get to, it's just like drag slicks. You got to screw them. We're, I think we're going to have to put bead locks on the tires. To, to I don't know that three thousand will. I, you might blow a tire off. I'm not sure. Well, that's actually that's one of the conversations I had recently off air with uh, some of the other competitors about some of their high horsepower stuff and some of their testing and seeing shit going wrong and and what could happen and like what happens if there's guys twelve feet away from the side of the dyno and you're making twenty two twenty five three thousand horsepower and a tire comes off somebody's getting hurt. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I. I there was a time we were dying when one time at about one o'clock in the morning back when we were making about 1600 horse and somebody called the sheriff and two sheriff's deputies showed up. And, uh, after talking to us, we're in an industrial park. So they didn't say anything about the noise ordinance because there isn't one where we were. And they said, can we watch? And so they're standing about five feet from the truck. And when Todd gets that thing spooled up, comes up on boost, I'm standing behind these officers and I'm, I'm ducks behind a truck you know, 50 <laughs> feet away, scared, just with my cell phone poked out. These guys are in their full Kevlar vest. You know, they're out on night patrol. And these officers, this truck comes up on boost. One puts his hand over his nuts. And the other one puts his hand over his heart. And they start stepping back. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I wish I had the video of them backing up. It was very, very fun to watch. But hopefully people are as intelligent as our, as our good law enforcement guys and know that um, you're not playing around when things make that type of power. <laughs> Stay clear. <laughs> now, with your experience last year, you know, versus coming into UCC 2018, uh, what's your strategy? You know, what is it that you want to gain on or improve on? Like, what are your thoughts there going into this year? Well, the, it's not hard to improve when we got dang near dead last on the dyno and the drag race. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think we have to run a 14-second pass to improve on our drag strip performance. Um, all of our vehicles, including our wife's cars, are all capable of running faster than 14 <laughs> seconds. So it, sh- it should be okay. We should be able to... I think we have one employee that drives a Volkswagen. That's probably the only vehicle to shop that couldn't run a 14-second quarter mile, you know, at Power Driven. Um, <laughs> so anyways, we're hoping, like I said, we're we're hoping to improve on that. I don't, you know, we have a heavy truck. It's a stock suspension super street class truck, so it's never going to run, a, you know, a low eight-second pass. It just doesn't have the chassis for it. Um, legally, it could run an 850, so I guess the goal would be to run an 850, um, so almost half with the time. Setup. We think it has <laughs> enough power, but um, as far as the dyno, yeah, I would I'd like to be in the top three on the dyno for sure. Um, I just saw they did some polls on Derek Rose's engine today on the Freedom Racing Engines dyno with a single turbo, and he's, you know, churning out 2,000 horsepower. So um, It's insane. It's getting there's nasty. Some power coming. All right. Um, now, you guys put on a big show at the sled pole with those nasty tire setup. Walk me through the tire and, and chassis setup uh, for last year's truck. So last year, neither Todd nor I have ever sled pulled. I mean, Todd did it once years ago and burned up a stock clutch on one of his trucks, but that's it. Um, I didn't. We didn't know anything about sled pulling. We consider ourselves a drag race shop. So, <laughs> so we called up every sled pull expert I could before UCC last year and was asking them. And they told us a factory Dodge transfer case won't hold the power you're making. 
a factory Dodge rear end won't make the won't handle the power you're making, and and that's when we're making eighteen hundred horsepower before we'd even you know and. Basically, from that information, I learned we needed a bigger rear end, we needed a bigger battered transfer case, and we needed the gear ratio. And if I didn't, we're running old Dana axles. We can't swap gear sets in the pits like the newer truck guys. So I was like, we need a new front axle. And with those criteria and with there being no rules, I told Todd, I said, we're going to put dual-cut pulling tires on the back of this truck. And he said, why? And I said, because we can. <laughs> so honestly i thought it was one of the smartest moves i've ever seen i am shocked to hear that you guys are not sled pullers to be honest you guys put on such a great show you he got a full pull didn't he yeah i think 321 feet or something oh it's yeah impressive. oh he dude he was gonna pull it into a tree at the end of the track like he was not <laughs> fucking stopping mechanical injection for you man oh <laughs> Todd said he was putting up his hand off the steering wheel telling people get out of the way because they had no idea how fast he was coming <laughs> <laughs> what's funny is we didn't have the truck turned up all the way we had it at 720 cc's on the sled pole really of 1400 because we'd had so much trouble we're like let's just get something on the board there's two poles it wasn't even turned up all the way no shit. Not even close. Well, you didn't need to. I mean, to be honest with you, why? You, like more power I don't think would have had any better of a pull. I don't think he was going to get 325 feet with more power, you know? you got to realize we ran all that power through our automatic transmission, too. Right. So if, I was, if we didn't sell automatic transmissions for a living at our shop or as part of one of our business, we wouldn't have ran an auto. I would have ran a Dropbox and Reverser. But I was like, Todd, we sell automatic transmissions. We should show what they can handle. <laughs> so, so we put the automatic transmission. We put the SCS custom gearbox on there and um, put that uh, SQHD rear end that we got out of the local junkyard for 400 bucks. Basically, Todd said, here's 4000 bucks. Build us a sled pulling chassis for four grand that we can bolt on. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> There's so many sled pullers right now screaming, That's yeah. impossible, right? Yeah. Like, for sure. <laughs> but did you see those tires? They were ratty, dry rotted, double cut tires we got out of the Midwest. I mean, it was, it was that front axle, we paid 800 bucks for it. It was a heavy duty uh, Dana 60 that's got a little bigger ring and pinion out of a Ford application. Just randomly found it in Tucson and, you know, ordered it. And <laughs> we had to make our own custom steel wheels because there wasn't time to buy real wheels, one. And two, that wasn't in the budget. So <laughs> um, <laughs> so what did we spend money on? I called up Randy at Performance Pros and brought, bought one of his $500 hitch kits because everybody said you needed the right hitch. I didn't know how the hitch worked. <laughs> I'm a drag racer, you know. <laughs> so, so we... Uh, put it together and like i said it our weight box meant a little we like i said we're not geniuses you know it, it there was some luck there but at the end of the day yeah when todd got out he said man i can't believe how hard that pulled as he grabbed third gear going down the track with the converter locks <laughs> you know <laughs> they grabbed two shifts going down the track and it, it looked so, so clean you guys like that's when i really thought your guys's truck t- came together was at the sled pull it's so surprising to hear that it was kind of hodgepodged and like a, an afterthought for you guys, you know, where you built this this kind of dyno truck and, and doing some drag racing with it and things like that. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, yeah, we should probably get ready for that time we got to spend in the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> 
I love it, man. It was, any any predictions? Anybody you guys are watching out for this year? Uh, who do you think is going to be the top competitors besides Levon? You know, there are some big heavy hitters on the drag racing side coming. Uh, you got Chris Buheider from Texas that's yeah. new. Um, you know, his truck's been in the eight several times at 6,000 pounds. He's very well organized, so I think he's – and he owns a dyno. So I know he's going to do well in the dyno and the drag race, which is what we thought we would do. We're like, we own a dyno, we drag race, we got this. All we got to worry about <laughs> is putting something decent up for the sled pole. <laughs> and uh, thank goodness we didn't take the sled pole lightly, or we would have been, we probably wouldn't have an invite this year, to be honest with you. <laughs> I love it, man. Yeah, Chris um, is a great guy over there at Truck Source Diesel out of Texas, for yeah. sure. Okay, good people. I, I'm. I think he's going to do well. There's some uh, qualifiers coming. There's John Sherrado from Granby Truck Shop in uh, Colorado. You know, he's got a well-sorted-out mechanical injection, P-pump 24 valves. His truck always seems to leave well. Um, if And I think he's really good at dynoing and drag racing. As far as competitors already in, obviously LeVon's the heavy hitter that you got to watch out for. Um, I think this might be Baca's year, too. I don't think he's going to get lower than a nine-second pass in the quarter mile, but he's been sled pulling a lot. And I saw he ordered an SCS reverser or a profab or something with a clutch. I mean, he's coming ready to, to win the sled pull. And Yeah, I think he's done with transmission problems. Yeah, for sure. So, so like I said, it, he, he's going to be... He's going to be hard to beat. That other industrial injection truck, you know, I think it's been running 850s at 6,000 pounds. Man, if they take all the ballast out of that truck, um, they're doing pretty well. I love Randy Reyes, but I don't think he's light enough to, to be a threat, to be honest with you. Sure. He's he's a great guy, but I just I don't think he has the chassis. I think Derek Rose, if he if he comes around, that Wagler... I, did you see how far Wagner pulled? I'll bet he was down 500 horsepower and everybody, and he still pulled 300 feet. Yeah. That chassis, I I could see him being a threat because obviously you've seen he's gotten rid of his chargers. So. Right. Um, I don't I don't really know who who to call, but but I um I see some big stuff. I imagine the fleece guys are tired of losing. You're that big of an organization. You know, you know, a funny little tidbit, since this is a public information, before, when we're at the drag race portion of UCC, I ran into, it was either Braden or Chase Fleece, I don't know them well enough to know which one, and they have their truck in the staging lanes, and I asked them what they're doing for the sled pull, I said, are you guys swapping axles or anything? And he looked at me, he says, are you effing crazy? He said, swap axles for the sled pull? He's like, come on, this is one pull. I was like, aren't you worried about breaking stuff? He's like, no. Well, guess who broke an axle and a transfer case at the sled pole? <laughs> <laughs> and I yeah, thought it was funny. pretty funny. I didn't let the cat out of the bag what we were doing at that time, but I just kind of went and chuckled and went, huh, okay. And I thought, man, maybe we're overkill. So I told Todd, I said, please, you know, they sled pole, and they told us that we're stupid to swap axles. <laughs> That's funny. It paid, so, man. It paid. You guys look good at the sled poles for sure. Awesome. Will, anybody so, you want to give a shout-out to? You know, there are some people that have helped us a lot. Like I said, Zach Hamilton's been very patient with, you know, the block, that that new warhead he has, huge, huge power numbers. We're making over 1,000 horsepower at 40 pounds of boost on that new warhead um, wow. with triples. That's not with a single turbo. Um, 
Seth Farrell spent a ton of time making that injection pump work. There's a lot that goes into making a 16-millimeter pump work on a P-71, a truck you know, injection pump. That's not a Sigma pump. Right. I mean, the, the bearings are not that big. The cam isn't. There's a lot of DLC-coded and custom trick stuff that really made that come together. Those guys at Vibrant, they're not even diesel guys, you know. We told them we're going to the challenge, and they're like, here, here's our employee pricing. It's like 70% off for all these fancy fittings. <laughs> and they came through and just dumped fittings on us. Vibrant is awesome. I I don't even know who they are, really. And they, Art and some of those guys there just blew me away how generous and helpful they were when it came to building trucks. So Very cool. That's awesome, um, man. You know, and then like Yukon, they sent us stuff to make. We started breaking axles on the dyno on our Dana 70. Yukon stepped in and said, here, try these 35 spine axles for a huge, huge percent off. <laughs> Basically yeah. free. So, like I said, some of these companies are really, really coming forward. I mean, even the, that owner there at Alligator Diesel, we didn't get anything from him, but he's like, if you guys need anything, you know, take our stuff. So there's a lot of cool companies really really come together. Diesel Performance Converters, Phil, I mean, shoot, he had three converters there for us. We didn't use any because we didn't make any power till the sled pull. <laughs> <laughs> so all of our spare ones ended up going to Levon and all the other competitors there. But <laughs> Well, that's awesome, man. But yeah, I, this year I think is the year of the dinosaur. I, I really, you really want to know who I think is going to win? Power Driven is going to win. Ooh, I <laughs> like it. Calling yourself out. That's awesome. I like it. Well, I definitely appreciate you taking some time out of your busy schedule to talk with our listeners a little bit about your truck and getting ready for the UCC. Um, we really appreciate you uh, getting on the show. Can't wait to see you at the at the event itself. Chris and I, of course, will be there as well, May 4th, 5th, and 6th in Brownsburg, Indiana. Uh, we do expect to grab you and Todd and drag you guys up into the booth for a podcast interview while we're at the show, okay? If everything goes to plan, we won't be working on the truck. It'll just it'll drive itself pretty much. <laughs> I love it. That's the awesome. autonomous twelve valve. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much, Will. You have a great day, sir. All right. Thanks, guys. Listeners, I do just have a real quick update. Uh, some industry news I thought was really important to share with you. I wanted to drag it out right after the interview, so I knew you would listen to it. There is a brand new twin turbo kit coming out from ATS Diesel. Yeah, so uh, they've been in the works now for several years on the emissions on twin turbo kit for... We reviewed this kit. We did. We, we did. reviewed this kit in a video so segment. It's for uh, 13 to probably 18 at this point. Uh, <laughs> Correct. You know, CME, uh, 6.7 liter Cummins. So um, we have one on our test truck. Uh, had the truck a couple years, put some miles on it myself. Um you know, uh, emissions on 640 horse. Uh, Aurora 5000 over a stocker. Over a stock charger. It, it is one of the most fun trucks I've ever driven. It is. Nice no and quiet, bullshit. clean, smooth power. I mean, honestly, I drove that truck a thousand miles, uh, road trip, me and Bob, you know, we had to go to a show and uh, cruising like 85, 90 mile an hour. I mean, that thing just loves to go that fast. It literally yeah, does. Yeah. It literally does. I remember coming back from the shop and I went to Nick and I was like, yeah, man, like truck drove awesome. He's like, yeah, I was like, yeah, 90 miles an hour, like something. He's like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm like, <laughs> I wanted to get there. I wanted to get back. You know, it's just, it's a dream to drive. I'm really excited to bring this uh, kit to market. 
Nick, the guys over at Calibrated Power have been working like crazy to dial in the tuning. Yep. So we're I'm really, really excited for our new era of twin kits for the new trucks. And that's it, man. That's what this is. Is This really equates to being uh, a really new opportunity for emissions equipped performance. Yeah, absolutely. So big shout out to ATS for releasing that kit. Also sponsoring our industry news for this week. Um, if you're looking for anything out in the Colorado Western region or really just across the country, ATS has a lot of great products. They have, like for everything, you know, seven yeah. threes, six liters, six fours, you know, six sevens, just the Ford, you know, six six Duramax, you know, all the common stuff. They literally have something for every platform. And and that's what I was what I love about yep. them is that when I'm in a jam and I need like, hey, I need a turbo that could fit this, or hey, I need a transmission yep. that could be for this, or I need a converter, they they are a major resource and an awesome manufacturing yep. facility. Uh, so big shout out to ATS. Thank you so much. Also, Ultimate Callout Challenge, May 4th, 5th, and 6th, WC Fab, Duramax Tuner, Exergy, and Calibrated Power. Thank you so much, guys, and thanks for listening. The Diesel Performance Podcast is brought to you by Calibrated Power Solutions, home of DuramaxTuner.com. Calibrated Power develops emissions-equipped calibrations for a wide variety of diesel powertrains, including Duramax, Cummins, PowerStroke, John Deere, Case, New Holland, and many more. For more information and the best customer service in the industry, check out CalibratedPower.com or call 815-568-7920. That's 815-568-7920. If you'd like to contact the podcast, send us a message through Facebook or email Paul at DuramaxTuner.com or Chris at CEHMK at DuramaxTuner.com. Both Paul and Chris may be contacted by phone. Chris, 2121. Paul's extension is 2122. Hey, thanks for listening. Your feedback is appreciated. Please rate and review us on iTunes. Subscribe on YouTube. Like us on Facebook. And by all means, let us know if you have any ideas for a podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Ford really likes to be a pain in the ass with those uh, exhaust clamps. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, they thought it was a good idea to point the uh, the clamps uh, right behind the uh, the downpipe towards the wheel well on the passenger side. You got to remove the downpipe before you get to remove the turbo itself. Okay. Really? Um, yeah. And. It's not exactly a fun downpipe to pull off. Hey, I'm glad you're the mechanic and not me. <laughs> <laughs>